0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for stopping by the Gary V audio experience. Once again, I'm Jacob from Team Gary. And today, we have an awesome hour long keynote from the Creator Festival over in Germany. Gary talks a lot, a lot, a lot about emotional insecurity, how to overcome the hard things on the journey to accomplish your goals. If he could give you one piece of advice, what it would be how to win the mindset game so much more. We hope you enjoy it. Please tweet Gary at Gary V Please join the Discord. Let us know what you thought. Leave us a review and most importantly, enjoy the episode. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. First, let me apologize. I, yes, thank you, thank you. Let me save my voice because as you can hear if you listen to me, about three, four days ago, I lost my voice completely for the first time in my life. And if you really know me, that is the scariest shit that could happen to me. And then obviously knowing that I was coming to this amazing event. So I'm glad I've got enough that I think I'll be able to get through this, but I've got a little tea with me up here, which feels appropriate. I love you too. Um, how's the last couple of days been? Germany good? Good. Good. Well, I hope I can add to it. I have a lot that I've been thinking about on the flight from New York to here to what I wanted to talk about. And the timing was very good for this talk because literally just 24 hours ago, I was very much back to my entrepreneurial roots. Uh, I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey for the last three days and I was set up at a table and I was selling trading cards, sports cards, and sports stickers—the way I learned business when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. But unlike 30 years ago when I was doing it, the majority of the cards that I was selling the last three days were V Friends cards, which is which is an intellectual property that I'm building. And that intellectual property, those 250 characters are very much the Sesame Street Pokemon characters that I'm gonna use for the next 45, 50 years to really talk about mindset and perspective. The things that I've been doing as Gary Vee have been really fun for me, but I'm one human being, one man. I also have a very specific style that I communicate and live and that works for many but it doesn't work for everybody. Watch this, how many people here by show of hands the first time you ever saw me on the internet thought that I was a jerk or an asshole? Raise your hands. Look, that hurts. But I'm incredibly self-aware, I understand why, I get it, and for the, you know the way the world actually works, luckily for me, that the truth always wins in the end and I'm able to persevere. Eventually you make the right piece of content at the right time that fits for somebody. But I'm also aware that for some people, because of the cursing or for some other reason, I'll never be able to be the person that speaks to them about the true virtues that matter to live a joyful life. And thus many years ago I decided I'm going to build an entire universe of characters to do that so that I can start from people when they're three years old all the way to their 99 that's not what I want to talk to you about but those characters enable and represent the things that I want to talk to you about the things that I want to talk about are the things that are hard on a journey to achieve happiness and joy fulfillment whatever one tries to achieve You know, I've been thinking about something a lot lately, which is a lot of my friends and acquaintances always ask me why I go so hard, why I'm pushing so hard. You know, because I'm very fortunate at this point in my life that I've put some wins on the board. I've achieved a couple of things. It always reminds me how surprised I am when people ask me this question. It reminds me how many people genuinely believe that financial status is the North Star. Their question is almost always baked in the framework of how much money I've acquired or have. And I always ponder that, it's always so interesting to me how the data, the math, is black and white on this issue. There is absolutely no correlation to one's wealth that maps their happiness. This is black and white. We continue to have a world that is confused that money buys happiness. It continues to be what someone who's hurting thinks is the potion or the anecdote to fix it. Yet, we have unlimited amounts of hundreds, of millions of people who prove otherwise. We must start there. The concept that you're gonna buy your way to happiness is the biggest falsity in human society and we must stop doing that. Thank you. It was getting a little annoying. This is a message that's extremely challenging for me to be the person who delivers it. Almost always when I say that, 20% of the comments are easy for you to say. That's because most people consume my content today. What my high school friends and college friends and friends in my 20 know is I was arguably happier at 29 making $45,000 a year than I am today. The process of doing something you actually like is my great addiction. The fact that I am able to actually wake up day in and day out, day in and day out, sleep easily for seven, eight hours a night and wake up genuinely excited while always being prepared to grab my phone and know that I have a problem in my 300 person Singapore office or something happened in LA or one of the other 17 businesses that I'm associated with are in trouble. I sit on top of almost 3,000 employees and two very large businesses actively as the CEO, and then on the board of four others, and heavily invested in others, and many other things I'm involved with, and family, and this and that. I have plenty going on, but the fact that I do what I want to do enables all of it to work. This is grounded in something that is the absolute answer for this entire arena. The one thing I can absolutely speak on that fundamentally touches every person here is the relationship between self-esteem and insecurity. All of the things that you do are based on this. If you look at what's really been going on with people for a very long time. Why, when one is sold fear that they believe it versus when they're sold fear that they don't? Why so few people have a framework of believing in optimism versus protecting themselves with cynicism? Why people lack patience? I can tell you right now that for the majority of people in this room that want something to happen, the biggest flaw in their mental framework and perspective is their lack of patience. It is why I make so much content around people that are 22, 25, 35, 40, and laughing and joking and trying to some way somehow communicate to them that they are extremely young How many people here are under 50 years old? Please stand up, stand up, stand up. I want everybody looking around. Under 50. First of all, let's clap up for the over 50 crowd that's sitting and respect our elders. Now, now, love that. Now, for the 90% of you that are standing, there is a substantial chance that you have not even lived half your life. If you are under 40, continue to stand. Please sit, 40 to 50, I'll sit as well. For this crew, given where modern medicine is, there's a dark horse chance that you haven't lived a third of your life. Think about that. There are people sitting here stressed that they fucked it up. They missed their time. They misplayed it. They shouldn't have. And they've got the majority of their life left. That blows my mind. It really does every day of my life, that blows my mind. Sit down if you're over 30. 30 and under, continue to stand. For you fuckers, You know, (laughs) I had this saying I used to do where I would say I would rip my arm off to switch with you because there's so much time, so much opportunity. But now with TikTok and you can clip things, people have really taken that out of context, so I try not to say it as much. But my friends, if you're standing right now, for you even to begin to deploy anxiety against your own self judge your own self that you have not done, you did not accomplish, you were unable, is completely unacceptable. You have literally the rest of your life in front of you. You have foundation. As a matter of fact, If I actually, with all the depths of my heart, if I was actually able to give you a piece of advice, if I had one, though I think everyone's situation is different, I would try to get you to just enjoy the next 10 years more, not go as hard as you think I would tell you to go, because you have that much time. You have that much time. Most of society's rules and traditions are based on when people were dying at 50 years old. Most of the rules of when you should get married and what you should do and what you should have accomplished is literally based on the last century's DNA. You are so young. You have every opportunity. Technology is exploding at a speed where your life can change in a minute on a decision And literally, literally, the only thing that is fucking you up is you worry about what other people think about your life, whether that's your parents, your friends, me. Please stop doing that. Wear crazy rose suits, I I like it, it's very nice. Do random shit, try new things, You have your whole life in front of you. I I couldn't be happier for you if you're standing right now. You have a hundred years to live. That's actually how it's gonna work out for you and you need to start acting like it. Sit down. (laughs) It's real. Let's talk about why you actually listen to somebody else's point of view on your life. Let's talk about why somebody else's point of view on your life is something you're willing to accept. I am fascinated by people's ability to take strangers' comments on a social media post and allow it to make them upset. You post something and you're happy to post it and then somebody literally leaves a comment that you're unattractive, you're stupid, like literally high school and junior high teasing and your entire day, sometimes week, sometimes month, is completely ruined by a human being who is on the other side on their phone, who is hurting so much with their own life that the need for them to make it palpable is for them to take time to go to other people's lives and try to tear them down to make themselves feel better. This is what I call Let's stop clapping so I can finish this one. This is what I call a circle of insecurity. A circle of insecurity. The concept that that is happening is not Facebook's fault, is not Instagram's fault, is not TikTok's fault. It's not. We have become infatuated with blaming the platforms for our own shortcomings. Until humans decide to lean into accountability and stop blaming platforms and politicians, people will continue to be unhappy. you something that is the most interesting secret of all time. I'm so, this is my newest thought that I've not finished. I'm still in the laboratory of my own brain and heart, but I'm going to try it here in Germany. I've been sleeping on something for about six months, and I'm really excited about it because it's super true. I'm just trying to get fully there, so it's just in my soul, because I think you have a sense, I only know how to communicate in improv form. There is no slides. There is no deck. There's only this. And and so I often don't talk about things until it's fully ingrained, but I think I'm there. And it's something I want to tell you that is very much in line with what I've just been talking about, which is this concept of Who we are, how we roll, why are we affected by what and how, where do we go, and how it's always been the same thing. As if people were unhappy before social media. As if. Right? I think everyone here at this conference needs to leave knowing one very important thing. This one very important thing. And that is, you are not tricking anyone. You are not tricking anyone. People continue to live life posturing, sharing photos that they're so happy and crushing it, having dinner and saying Everything's great. My favorite one, buying shit that they can't afford to make it seem like they can afford it. And living basically their entire life as if the bullshit that they're trying to project is actually working. Think about how many times you've gone home after being with three or four friends and have had a conversation with one other friend about a different friend who was posturing but you both knew it wasn't true. Think about how the world's currency is actually working. The real obvious thing to me is if we all knew that the only people you ever trick are the only people you don't want to be hanging out with in the first place, I think a lot of things in our world would change. Yeah. It is time. My friends, why? Why are we trying to impress people so much? Why, for what? We must really work on not allowing outside validation to dictate our lives. You. Love yourself is real. The problem is people don't love themselves. The reason everyone's trying to do it is they don't because they've decided, because it was put into their brain, that their worth is based on things that are very surface level. Their appearance, their bank account, and lots of other dumb shit. We have such an opportunity as the world is changing. See, everyone's paying attention right now And they're focusing on the media landscape changing and the negatives that come along with it. The politics, the nationalism, they focus on that. What they don't realize is in parallel, the platforms also create the opposite. This is the first time since the printing press where we can collectively change the perspective of how the world works. It's true. But the confusion for almost everyone is very similar, which is there is a relationship in the world between being selfish and being selfless. Now this is where it gets very interesting for me. Too many people feel as if it's one or the other. One of the biggest challenges in the world today is that people think the world is about or. One of the biggest challenges in the world today is that people think the world is about or. It's this or that. It's them or us. It's this or that. When the entire world is always and. People are so obsessed with things to be black and white when the world is purely gray. And so, what I'm very, very fascinated by is everyone here genuinely taking a step back and having a conversation with themselves about them being selfish and them being selfless. Most people's relationship with those two things is an extreme challenge. Some people are inherently selfish and they struggle with it because they think it's bad. Some people are absolutely selfless and they see it as tremendously noble, but when they deliver on it on too big of an extreme, they create subconscious resentment to everyone that they're bringing value to and then it manifests in vulnerabilities later down the line. If you are able to actually understand selfish and selfless behavior and find balance within both of those for yourself, you can start creating an incredible mental framework to be able to navigate the world. If everybody was able to bleed a little more selfless, if they were definingly selfish, and for the selfless people, if they weren't so noble on paper and could understand that they need to be selfish, to themselves, to be able to be selfless, we could have a much happier world. Please leave with that today, for sure. It's a big one. For me, everything I've ever wanted selfishly is happening because of my aggressive selflessness a funny thing happens. People always talk about, I wanna build a brand like you, Gary. I wanna build a brand. I'm like, okay. They're like, I wanna build a community. I'm like, okay. I'm a very weird dude. And what that means is, a lot of times I'll go and audit what that person's doing. When I tell you 99 out of 100 times when somebody's crying about not building a big enough profile, that when I go on their account that 98% of their content is selfish, as if you are entitled to followers, as if you're entitled to people buying your shit, as if you're entitled to likes. Just by existence, just by posting, you should be getting it. The entitlement in our society is extraordinary. The accountability is equally extraordinary in the negative. The sheer lack of accountability in the human race today is staggering. We are so good at telling everybody and the world what's wrong with everybody else besides ourselves. We love to point fingers. We hate a fucking thumb. There is nothing, there is nothing more obvious to me, than that happiness starts with accountability. My life is happy because I think everything in my life is my fault, all of it. It is the most liberating truth of all time. Of course I'm logically understanding that there's other people, that there's other variables, that there's things I don't control, but I'm completely in control to what I do. How many people here have employees? Raise your hand. Raise your hands higher. Employees. Here's my favorite one about people that employ people. They're the boss, they have employees. They sit around and complain about their employees 24 7 or often, and they're in control of firing them. Fire them. Yeah. By the way, you know what was the best part of that line? None of the bosses wanted to clap. We suck currently at accountability. We suck at it. And for a lot of people here, it's the answer to the trivia question. When you actually understand it, it's actually fundamentally true. You are capable of doing anything. You are capable of firing your employees You are capable of breaking up in your relationship. You are capable of moving to another town, another country. You are capable of selling your home and downgrading your home to a smaller home so you're always not tight on money. You are capable of all of it. But we don't like that. We like to blame all our problems on Putin. (laughs) Bad day at work? Fucking Putin. Bad day at home? Facebook. The algorithm and the dictators are not impacting your day-to-day anywhere close to what you've decided, your lack of accountability is dictating. This is a very focal point of the conversation. We must understand this. Everything you talk about, gratitude, empathy, kindness, all things that I live on, they all come from me thinking everything's my fault. They all come from me knowing I have control. Everybody, when they get into the accountability and control game, immediately, much of this audience, starts thinking to the counterpoint. They immediately start thinking to the counterpoint. The natural human spirit for most people when told everything is your fault, you are in control of everything, will start giving you 800 answers to why that's not true for them. And that's how they're missing the point. When I brought up earlier, sell, if you are tight on money and you own a home, sell your home, and live in a shittier home. Do you know how many people do that on Earth? No one. Do you know how logical what I just said is? You are tight on cash, you are really struggling, you own a fairly nice home and your mortgage situation, you have an asset and you will not sell it to live in a lesser home because you worry about what people think about that move. My favorite chess move to this debate is like, but Gary, I can't do that to my kids. My counterpoint is, that's the best shit you can do for your kids. We now live in a universe where one of the biggest reasons we have so much anxiety, I love when people, by the way, can we keep that light on? I know you guys are doing some production, but seeing all these beautiful faces really gets me going. Really, one of the biggest elephants in the room in our entire world, this is an American, a German, a South African, this is a global, you know, one of the great things of having fans, everywhere in the world and reading all the DMs, it's all the same shit. It's all the same shit. Of course there's massive cultural differences and it's interesting because you have to really do the work but it all, when you, when you file it down, when you bake it, when you melt it, it's all the same shit. It's cultural up here, but you just keep blending it, it's all the same here. And when I tell you, when I say moving to a lesser nice house and giving your kids some adversity is the best thing, the elephant in the world, the elephant not in the room, the elephant in the world today is for the last 30 years, it became popular culture to raise our children and do everything we could To demonize losing and protect them from literally everything, thus creating 20 and 30 year olds who are basically zoo animals. We kept them in the zoo and then we tell them to go into the wild and then a fucking lion eats them in an hour. And my favorite part of the whole thing that I'm watching is you have people in their 50s, the boomers, and older Gen X, my crew, by the way, which nobody talks about, as if Gen X doesn't exist. It's just millennial and boomers are like, yo, what the fuck, we're here. You have boomers. People that, I fucking, I love young millennials and Gen Z. I think they just understand they have way more options and I think people shit on them. I do think that we did wrong by them. I do think that they shouldn't blame their parents because that lacks accountability. There's a lot to this, but let me say this. The funniest shit of the whole thing is we are watching boomers run around the world shitting on these kids when they're the ones who fucking parented them. They're like, Gary, I mean, I had a friend the other day, he's like, Gary, my kid, my kid is like, can't fuck, like, he's, he's a mess, like, he's like scared of everything. I'm like, that's because you gave him a trophy when his team came in eighth fucking place. <laughs> now, it's super fun to laugh at the kids. Let me promise, including myself, every person in this arena has a version of that in them as well. This is a game of insecurity. Of course you're insecure at 28 years old when your parents' behavior their whole life showed you that they didn't believe that you could. They didn't believe that you could. You start believing that you can't either. If they're protecting you in every step of the way, they're telling you, I don't think you can do it. Thus, you believe it. We have that as 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds. I know this because what I do for a living is read what people say at a scale that would make this collective room's head spin. It's what I do for a living. Six, seven, eight hours a day, I am consuming ungodly amounts of information on how people are reacting to things, what they think, what they believe. And then I go deeper into my own content and other content that I see the behind the scenes on. The world is this close to being happy and it feels like it's this close from being happy. And This is why I'm so motivated. I'm so motivated because almost everybody is sitting around dinner tables saying dumb shit like, it's never been this bad. <laughs> I don't need to remind anybody in this room, it's been worse. This world is actually dangerously close, it is. It's one of those things where you know, it's like so many stories and so many things in life where it seems so far away but it was right there. The reason I get inspired to take overnight red-eye flights to an event like this is this is a lot of people that know it's this close. This is a lot of people that decide on a weekend that they wanna commit to making themselves happier for themselves, the people around them, and the people that they're bringing into the world. It is actually scary how many people are this close. The part that's left is we have to talk about the shit that people don't want to talk about. It's fun to talk about the foofy stuff. It's not fun to say everything you're upset about is 100% your fault. It's awesome to think about you putting in the commitment to give a fuck to come to something like this on a Saturday, it's not as fun to say, what the fuck are you doing here on a Saturday? Do you understand? Let me say it again. It is awesome that you are making the commitment to be here on a Saturday. The bigger question is, why are you here? The reason is, Every piece of the puzzle is not there yet. The missing piece of the puzzle is not the stuff that you hear every day, the stuff you think about every day. If it would be, it'd be done. The missing part is the part that you're not willing to look at yourself in the mirror for. Let me be vulnerable and tell you mine. Now we're getting it. Now we are getting it. Three, four, five years ago, I started having a conversation with myself on what I'm trying to push you to do with me right now, which is, if I'm so fucking great, why are there people that exist on earth that don't love me? <laughs> and I don't mean the people that, um, fuck this, fuck that on a 30-second video, and they're like, this guy's atrocious. That doesn't even register for me. That's appropriate. That's the way it should be. I'm talking about people that have worked for me. And so I had to go through a real journey over the last five, six years and it culminated with the book that I put out last year where I had to talk in depth about the fact that by far the biggest weakness in my life professionally and personally is that I am so positive, so optimistic and on stage I'm incredibly candorous as I've been so far. But in my real life, one-on-one, I am atrocious at conflict. I hate being the person that starts anything that looks like an altercation. When there is an altercation, I use my incredible communication talents to get out of it or divert everyone from it immediately. And because of that, I was incredibly not candorous with anybody in my life, not, I mean everybody in my life which was fine because I'm incredibly good at picking people to be around me and thus it worked most of the time but you don't get to pick all of your family and you don't always have it right and thus the biggest weakness in my career and life has been my inability to be candorous. I have always looked at somebody that shoots it straight as using it as an excuse to be mean I grew up in an environment where one side of my family was incredibly candorous, but the candor was always negativity and combative. So I didn't understand that candor is quite healthy as a package, but they were filling it with poison, and thus I demonized the package along with the poison. When I tell you my life is dramatically better, dramatically better, that I am remarkably better as a CEO today, that VaynerX has doubled in revenue in two and a half years, solely on the back of me being dramatically more candorous. And when I tell you, if I was a one out of 10 four years ago, which I was, and 10 is like where we all want to be, as I stand in front of you here today, I'm a five. And from one to five, my life is 800 times better. That's not fun for me. That's not, that was hard for me. What you you have to understand is the thing that I'm trying to accomplish in this talk today, you don't see it. I did not see it. I'm fucking, all I do is think about this shit. All I do is think about this shit. For the last 40 years of my life, literally since I've been a child, all I think about is this shit. They used to be different words. You know, the feel. I remember my teenage years, I knew I had something weird. I'm like, I have the feel. I don't know what the fuck it meant, but what it meant was my intuition is weird. I believe in all sorts of shit, like ghosts and fucking everything, just because of my feel. You guys, half of you can't listen to my podcast because I'm always interrupting everybody because I already know what they're going to (laughs) say. And with all of that, because I'm a human being, I was completely blind to why people would be upset with me, but it was very logical. I would literally see employees on a Thursday and be like, hey Ron, good to see you, keep up the great work, have the best weekend. And on Tuesday, Ron would come in and be like, Ron, you're fired. And Ron would be like, what the fuck? Because I would tell him on Thursday, have a good weekend, da-da-da. What I didn't tell him was for the last two and a half years, I was super frustrated with Ron, because he sucks. But I didn't have candor as a weapon. Everybody here has that too. And I didn't see it, and I'm very in tune. My question is, why are you here on a Saturday? Every one of you needs to completely take the thing. I didn't see it, and yet I knew it. I didn't see it and yet I knew it. You understand? This and I and can you do you guys have a good camera? Let's see. Can you it's gonna go away, but I just got goosebumps because I'm about to tell you something. My number one goal in life, let alone being a CEO, is to eliminate fear. The thing I'm most proud of, even emotional as I sit here right now, is that for my sister and my brother and my parents, I lived my life to take on all the stress, that I was capable, that I have the ability to take it all on. I am so proud that I am great at eliminating fear for my family, then I started doing it for my employees, and today, where I am on my journey, I do it for many people. It's something I'm very proud of. We're getting to the meat of this talk. I'm very proud of that. However, remember earlier when I told you you can't trick people, you're tricking no one? The lowest point of my professional career, by a country mile, nothing is even close, is when it was very clear to me, off of a series of meetings, that my inability to give candor, though on the facade, led to an incredible culture. There was my senior leaders, not my junior people, but my most senior leaders were scared because they didn't know exactly where they sat with me. My lack of candor was tricking nobody that was spending those meetings with me. That was the low point. For me, I need you to understand, we've got this time together. This is it, I'm with you right now. I need you to understand, you know why you're here on a Saturday. You don't want to tell anybody. You don't even want to tell the person you're sitting next to who's the closest to you in the world. But they already know. The quicker you get naked and tell the world what you suck at is the quicker you don't need to come here on a Saturday. Because let me tell you somebody who was living it at 85 or 90% without the candor part and now is living it at 95%. Do you know why I'm nice? Do you know why I'm nice? It's because I'm happy. I don't need anything from you. I want nothing from you. I need nothing from you financially. I definitely don't need anything from you emotionally. Do you know why people are not nice? Because they do. They're grasping at straws. They're They've caught a tiger by the tail and have a relationship with a nice person or they have a nice boss. They're scared every single day for that person to leave because that person is the energy of balance because they themselves are super hurt inside. They're hurt because they haven't put the poison into the world. They've demonized therapy so they don't do that. If they've done that, they definitely don't tell normal people. They peacock and hide behind money, behind status, behind things. My friends, the world is this close. The reason it feels so far away is occasionally people come around and realize how much fear works. How much demonizing others works. It makes people feel safe for a second. It is the least sustainable thing in the world. It is the least sustainable thing in the world. You know how I know this? I was an atrocious student. But there was one class I was always good at, history. I never understood why, and then finally in my 30s, I realized, oh, because my entrepreneurial spirit knew that I would need it to recognize pattern recognition. Today, many people shit on me or laugh at me because I believe in NFTs. In a decade, in a decade, in a decade, I'm gonna laugh at them. You know how I know this? History. In 1996, I told anybody that would listen to me that the internet was a very good thing. In 1999, when the stock market crashed, everybody said the internet was a fad. In 2005, in 2007, I was in Germany three times for three different talks talking about social media how Twitter was phenomenal and I was on a panel with debating somebody and they said to the crowd how many people think Twitter is stupid and everybody raised their hand everybody and the person interviewing me said Gary why is Twitter so important and I said because people are gonna tweet that they're walking their dog Everybody laughed, not at it, at me. The reporter rightfully said, that sounds ludicrous. Who cares if somebody's walking their dog? My reply, everyone. I suck at almost everything. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. It's, people are so confused how the world works. Everybody in this room pretty much sucks at almost everything, except a couple things. I suck at almost everything, but the one thing that has been with me since I was a child When I listened to my late grandma's stories about me from zero to seven, or my mother's, it's very clear that DNA is a remarkably powerful thing. I suck at almost everything except one thing. I know you collectively, as well as any person that works on Earth. I understand people. I do, it comes to me, it's natural to me, and I'm so grateful for it, because I have such deep wants for it to be good. I'm in such a good place and I want you to be in a good place. And it's a lot, a lot easier than people realize. It seems so daunting. But it's kind of like working out. You know, figuring it out mentally is like figuring it out physically. Here is how you get physically more fit. You eat healthier and you go to the gym. I know, you're trying to stop her from eating the popcorn? Keep eating it, it's delicious. That was the best. I'm like, you eat healthier. She went in for the popcorn and her friend's like, stop. <laughs> you literally eat better ratios of protein versus carbs and sugar, and you go to the gym, and you get your heart helped up, and you use your muscles, and you build up your leg. It is actually remarkably simple, yet so fucking hard to execute. Same with this shit. You wanna win this game? Tell everybody what you suck at. Tell them. Instead of talking in thesis, I'm gonna give you a piece of homework. I want everybody to leave this conference. I want you to take your cell phone I want you to put it into your face and I want you to speak for 15 minutes or three or nine or 17 and say shit you've never said before that you have no interest in people knowing. (laughs) You wanna get value out of this conference? You want to accomplish what you came here for? I'm going to ask you once again to do the following. I want you to leave this conference, preferably right the fuck now. Like actually get up and leave right now. Take your phone and tell the world what you're not good at, what you are not proud that you have done, what you are scared of and why, and post it on every social network you have. And if you don't And I know there's some people like, yes, thank God, I don't have social media. (laughs) For all of you, it's even harder. You take that video, you go into your contacts, you start at A, Arne Anderson, and you finish sending it tonight to Zarley Zanderson, and you send it to everybody in between. Who in here is interested in doing that? Now, let's stop right there. 8% are interested. Of the 8% who just said they're interested, 98% of them will not do it. I am gonna fly back home tonight, smiling, because I know three of you are. Three. 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 What I just said is fucking impossible. I know. It's hard. It's really hard. But it's the answer. Everything that's not worth my man, are you going to do it? I'll see you there. Make your video. You do it on stage. Let's go. you ready?
1: I'm ready. I I feel the
0: uh, fear. Fear? I can hear you. Uh, We can hear you. Go ahead. We can get nice and close. Go ahead. Um, (laughs) I feel fear. Yes. But but I will do it anyway. Let's go. (laughs) What's your name?
1: Lawrence.
0: Lawrence. Hello, 1-3. His password is 1097.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I, I have TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn I need your, We yes. need your whole video okay. we need, Yes, yes
0: We're going to have to chop it so. up Here we go
1: Okay Okay, yes
0: We're going to gather your thoughts yes. I know how to do it Yes, yes So my, my biggest Hold fear on. or what? Not only your biggest fear I want you to talk right now About what you're not good at mm-hmm. Who you've let down What you're bad at Who you've hurt yes. What you're scared yes. of Everything Go
1: Okay um, Start with your name. My name is Lawrence
0: Strauss. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm Gary V. Lawrence is in front of all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man, yes! <laughs> yes! So. Lawrence, Lawrence is making this video because my hypothesis is that our secrets, our insecurities, the things we're not transparent about are the cancer of our life. And it's why we're not as happy as we can be. So he's about to make a video that I hope all eight billion people on Earth make <laughs> eventually, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna judge him on how much we actually believe him. Yes. He's going to tell us everything bad. Go ahead. Um.
1: Yes, I, I will do it. <laughs> I I feel. How old are you? I'm 20. Where do you live? In Austria, Vienna.
0: With whom? Sorry. Do you live alone with your parents? With my mom. With your mom? Yes. No. And where's your dad?
1: My dad lives t- 20 meters uh, next to there. They're divorced. separated. Yes, they're
0: separated. How old were you when they separated?
1: Uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Yes, but it was the best thing that ever happened because my, no, 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 uh, the relationship, the relationship to my father was better then. Yes. And I think that this could be the point. Um, I judged my father because he worked a lot. And um, he didn't took time for me, and I said, "Yes, Dad, I want you to leave home, or I want to um, yes to, to go away." Because my mom had the role of my mom and dad. Yes. And so I, when, when they they were divorced, yes. my my mom uh, went away from home, but in this time I was I was angry at my dad because he never asked me how I am, and he never asked me any question. And then it was the first time he did it, and I was like, "Who is this man, or why why is he?" Asking me this, and then I said, "Please, this is so confusing. I don't want you here because it's not normal to me." Yes. But he's my dad. Yes. And when when they got divorced, we um, had a better relationship because my my heart was open. Yes. I was hurt, but my heart was open. I said, I, "I love you, you're my dad. I'm, I love you so much." And we talked openly, and I said, "But I I was hurt because you didn't ask me um, how I am." And I accepted it and I, I, I'm, I'm, yes, I love him. And I, I told him that. So yes, everything
0: got better because I, I, I knew who he was now and not in the past. It was okay to me. All right, that was nice to talk about your dad. Now let's talk about what you're not doing well. What I'm not doing well? Yes. What are yes. you not good at? I'm impatient. Why?
1: Because I, I have the feeling that I should be here. Why? Oh, I am here, I am here, yes. So I'm proud of myself.
0: But you didn't earn it. What? But you didn't earn it. I earn it? You did not. Why do you feel you should be here when you didn't earn it? Yes,
1: I have a message to spread.
0: Yes, that's but, the reason. But how many TikToks, Instagram posts, and YouTube shorts do you make it? One a day. Once a day. If you want to be in front of crowds like this, do you think one post a day is gonna get you there? I should do four. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yes, what because else? I have a message, you, you mean, yeah. yes.
0: I understand. Yes. But this is luck. You being on this stage mm-hmm. is luck. Me being on this stage is earned.
1: Yes, yes, You earned. understand? I understand.
0: So what, what are you telling your friends that is not true? What are you today yes. telling your friends that isn't true? What are you communicating to them about yourself That you think is not true?
1: I'm a really honest person. So I tell them, hey, I suck at that, or what what do you think is my problem now? What did I do wrong to you? So I have no regrets in front of them. So I I speak really um, transparently. Transparently, yes. Good. Yes. And what
0: about about to yourself?
1: Yes, sometimes I put myself down and say, I'm not worth it, or I, I don't have any message to spread, or something like that, because The world tells me I'm not okay how I am and sometimes I believe this and I would say that's the biggest regret I I have because it's not true because I I I can decide who I am and that's the reason why I'm here (laughs) Why I listen to you Yes.
0: What about There's a lot of people watching this on your social now. Yes. Who do you want to say sorry to? Who have you hurt? Yes, and why?
1: I have one person in, in school. It was um, he was he didn't shower, and I, I didn't bully him, but
0: you made fun of him.
1: A little bit. I a little bit. Yes. Understand. Yes. 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 I, I stand to that. It's okay for me. What's his name? His name is Timon. His name is Timon. But I had an open conversation with him. As I said, I'm a very honest person, and I cleared it up. It's very nice. But it's good to see. Uh, good to say again, so he knows that I love him. And it was just because of my insecurity that I hurt him, because I don't—I didn't want to be the one who gets uh, bullied in school. So I, I jumped on the train and did it against him.
0: Say that one more time, because everyone's clapping. Because you didn't want to be the one that was going to get picked on. Yes. You saw someone who was potentially weaker because of his showering situation, and you jumped on that train to deflect. So it wasn't you.
1: Yes. And it happened to me also, um, and. I, I was the, the little kid, and I was always the best friend of the girls. And they said shit about me. And I think it's a yes, you know, it's a security reason why I said, okay, I don't want to be this anymore. And I bullied him. But I, since then, since I knew I I hurt him, I was in other school every time if if someone got hurt. hurt you would uh, jump in. I I was I was always there. It's good. Yes. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs>
0: The reason reason I cut that short before going deeper into him and kind of let him off the hook is two things. One, it's very interesting to see how much honesty is a liberator, and it was very obvious to me on that. But number two, he said something that I want to finish with. He said... I didn't want to be the person picked on, so I jumped on the weaker link, and I wanted to deflect. And if you listened carefully, the next thing he said was, but it still happened to me. One of the things I believe in the most in the world is doing the right thing is always the right thing, and equally on the other side of the coin, doing the wrong thing is always the wrong thing. We have A decision to make here today we have to decide are you in a place where you are ready to actually shift and do and execute on why you're here all of that is foundationally on your own self-awareness of who you are being okay that you suck at most things being accountable And most importantly, finally cutting out the cancer of insecurity out of your body on the things that have always been there by shedding light. I wish actual cancer, I wish actual cancer was as easy to cure as emotional insecurity. Emotional insecurity is the biggest mental cancer in the world. And it is shockingly easy to fix. It is called putting it out there. For some of you, that may be you're finally ready to actually just do therapy. And the safest thing for you is saying out loud what you feel about your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or your kids that you're embarrassed or scared to say to anybody else. And in the closed room of a therapy to a stranger, for today, it's the safest place. For others, you might go radical and say, fuck it. I'm gonna do what Gary Vee just said on stage and I'm gonna literally post it everywhere and there will be a lot of pain with that. There'll be collateral damage, but you're ready. For others, you'll find a different way whether it's meditation or exercise or eating differently or journaling or a million other things that you've heard a million times but the reason you're not getting what you want from it is you're not being truthful with it. You're protecting yourself from yourself, yet you're tricking no one. Please always remember that. Thank you.